0: The following audio is from Foundation Life Bible Church. More information about Foundation Life is available at www.foundationlbc.com. Good morning. Good to see all of you. Thank you for tuning in and joining us from your living rooms. Thank you for joining us here today. How did those lyrics go in that song, I Rejoice in My Redeemer? Wasn't that amazing? What's the rest of it? <laughs> Okay, let me see. I, want to see. I want to read that again. Okay, so let me find the chorus here. I rejoice in my Redeemer, greatest treasure, wellspring of my soul. I will trust in Him no other. My soul is satisfied in Him alone. Wow, it's amazing. Amen, right? Wow, that is cool. Open up to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Thanks, Mark. Okay. All right, and while you're doing that, I'm just going to go ahead and pray for us. And I just want to continue to pray what my sister just prayed that the Spirit would strengthen us and teach us. So will you close your eyes with me? Father, as we worshipped you in song, as we worshipped you in your word, as we worshipped you in fellowship, God, you told us many times this morning of our worth in you, of our identity in you, Lord, and I thank you for our class this morning with the young adults and the teenagers looking at that. And I pray that you would hide those truths that they discovered in the word in their hearts. God, thank you for our kids and how they're learning about the story of redemption in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, Lord. They're grabbing a hold of who you are, Jesus. We pray that you continue to light that fire in them. And God, for us, we humble ourselves before you as a church, asking you to teach us, asking you to lead us. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. This time is unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So Colossians chapter 1, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 8. Verses 1 through 8, and I'm reading out of the ESV. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Okay, so just a quick review of last week. Why was this letter written to the Church of Colossae? And remember, it was also shared in Heropolis, it was shared in Laodicea, and it was passed on through the other churches, as was very likely um, or very common during this time. But I think it started this way. Where did we begin? It started with a struggling pastor named Epaphras. And he goes to Paul, and he says, Paul, I'm in it right now. This is a difficult situation. So he traveled a significant distance to meet with Paul, probably over a thousand miles to get to Rome while Paul was on house arrest. And we glean from the scripture, particularly Acts, if you look at Acts 19, verses 8 through 10, that it was most likely Paul that led Epaphras to Christ. And here's what we read in verses eight through 10. And I encourage you to read all of 19 so you can get better context. I'm just gonna pull out a little bit here. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus, And then verse 10 is where we focus. This went on for two years. So that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. One of my former pastors started a group um, several years back called Nehemiah's Men. And what his goal was, was basically to pour in to men in the church that possibly had a heart to become a pastor elder, possibly had a heart to teach. And I think that's what Paul is doing here. He took these men from all over Asia, and he says, and Epaphras was included in this, and he poured into them. He said, here's who the Lord is in my life. And here's what the scripture says. And here's how we're called to walk. So kids, it goes back to what Chris said to you guys this morning. It's the Great Commission. Jesus calls us to go and make disciples, to teach this word, to teach each other how to walk in this word. And that's what we were doing this morning, young adults in our class. So what was the problem? Where was Epaphras coming from? Well, I think it's true that heresies and false teaching, you may remember this from last week, inundated this church. It was all around these people. Most likely, three house churches. Philemon, Epaphras, and some of the other leaders were dealing with this. And Epaphras was so overwhelmed by different philosophies, um, by different world religions, by pagan gods. And frankly, these lies had come into the church. So there was confusion, there was bondage. And many in the church had fallen prey. So Epaphras says, okay, I need help. I need to go to the guy that poured into me. And here's the bottom line. Here's what we can take from the book of Colossians. The person of Christ or the character of Christ, who Christ is, was under attack. And not only was the person of Christ under attack, but also the finished work of of Christ the gospel what the cross what the burial what the death what the burial what the cross what the resurrection means to us as believers so just like today think of all the voices that are around you social media news outlets friends family there's noise everywhere and there was here and so counterfeit Religion and pagan gods were a problem. They were mixing it with Christianity. And then angels and demons were put at a higher place than Christ. Astrology, mysticism, other problems within this church. Judaizers who were coming along and saying, Look, Christ is great and you should believe in Christ and His finished work, but it's Christ plus. You need Christ plus the ceremonial law. Christ plus these feasts. Christ Christ plus these new moon celebrations. And then they were dealing with Gnostics. They were claiming they had a higher revelation, a higher knowledge. So we can see that they were getting hit from all angles, lies all over the place. And church, you know what's true? That's exactly how it is for us. There's lies all around us. There's philosophies all around us. The world system around us tells us things that are true that are not true. Sin that is clearly said, sin in the Bible is renamed. The Lord is, to, we're told that the Lord wasn't, um, was was just a good man, was a good teacher, but was not God in the flesh. And we know that's not true. So we are hit with opinions. We are hit with ideas. We are hit from lies from all avenues. And that's why we need this scripture. That's why we need to hide the word in our heart. That's why when Jesus says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But just think about who's the author of all this confusion. What does the scripture say? It's Satan it's the devil our battle is never against flesh and blood it's against principalities it's against darkness it's against dominion and darkness wants to do for us as believers one thing and here's what I believe to get our eyes off of Jesus to keep us from walking with him that's the goal and we'll use whatever necessary to do that How do I make this Christian ineffective? How do I make them forget their identity in Christ? How do I make them not walk in the truths of who they are in the Lord? That's the goal. So here's the prayer for this book of Colossians as we go through it. That these truths that Paul lays out, that these rebukes that Paul lays out will set us free. Set us free from that confusion. Confusion set us free from that noise, set us free from those lies. We're called to be in the world, but not of the world. So as we walk in these amazing truths, as we think about these commands and what the scripture asks of us, understanding what the gospel means for our lives, that we're able to, to, to spot those, to call those out, to pinpoint those lies and attacks on the person of Christ and his finished work. I believe that's what God wants to do. So so let's start here. Let's just read verses one through three and we'll jump in and see what the Lord has for us. And we trust in you, Lord, in that. So Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, Timothy was kind of Paul's next guy. He was kind of the guy that he was pouring into. He was gonna be the next guy in ministry to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. And then verse three, we always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. So much of this letter is focused on correction. It's focused on rebuke. It's here is the lie that you are believing and here is the truth you need to grab a hold of. Here is where you're off and here is what God wants to do in you. So much of this is rebuke, but we observe like Paul often does in his epistles and his letters that he starts out with thanksgiving. He starts out by acknowledging God. Look what it says in verse three. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. So my first thought is, well, Paul, was Paul patronizing these people? Was he patronizing these people? Was he flattering these people? I mean, he's about to just lay the hammer down and point out all the ways that they're off, right? Was he softening the blow before he's going to take those body shots? Right, is that what's going on here? Who's had the experience of getting fired before? Have you ever got fired and got the compliment sandwich when you got fired? Anybody ever got that before? So they're gonna tell you that they're letting you go, but before they do, they give you the compliment sandwich right? And so you've really done a great job. We appreciate how well you did on this project. You're a great team leader. And we 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 feel like whoever gets you next, you're going to be an asset. But by the way, this guy's going to escort you to your desk. Here's your box. And we need you out in 10 minutes. Anybody ever get that happen before? I, I did. Okay. So, <laughs> but, 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 I think about it this way. So is that what Paul's doing here? Because that might hit home. And if it hasn't, it probably will at some point. It probably will. Hopefully not, but it could. Okay? But that's not what Paul's doing here. This is not the compliment sandwich. This is not flattery. His words are not fluff. They're genuine. When he says, I thank God, he's thanking God. And how do we know? Because Paul is not focused on the people. Who is he focused on? He's focused on the grace of God in the people. We can't miss that. Okay. His thanksgiving is centered around what God has done. And we'll read a little bit more here in just a little bit. What God would continue to do in them. Right. So what does the Bible tell us? He's going to finish what he started in you and I. We can trust in that. A few weeks ago, Jeff talked about how the Lord preserves what he's doing in us. He preserves that inheritance that is ours. We just sung about that. But just like in Thessalonians, when we went through and looked at the letter to the church of Thessalonica, he's saying, look, guys, there's no question that you're off. And there's no question that there's a need for repentance. There's a need for change. And amen, that's me. There's no question. But I want you to know, I see the Lord in you. I see the Lord in you and I'm rejoicing in that. There's fruit. There's fruit even though you're off in some areas. And so this is a good reminder for all of us. We may have differences when it comes to the scriptures. We may see certain things differently and that's okay as long as it's not hills to die on, right? As long as it's not who the person of Christ is or His finished work. We may have areas where we lack faith and where we sin That's true. But if you tell me at face value that you are my brother or sister in Christ, then you're my brother and sister in Christ. And so here we go. Paul trusted because these were believers that the Lord would finish what he started in them. It's important to stress this was not flattery. This was not the compliment sandwich. It was Paul through the Spirit acknowledging that he saw the grace of God in them. So are we encouraging and pointing out to each other where we see the Lord at work, where we see the fruit? Are we thankful for what God is doing in each other? And we'll read just in just a moment here that he honed in on three areas. And you'll see that up here behind me. Thank you, Nels, You did a great job. Um, What he gives thanks for concerning God's work in them. Number one, their faith. Number two, the love. And number three, their hope. Let's look at it four, five, and six together in your Bibles. You know what? I'm going to start with three because I don't want to start in the middle of the sentence. That's just my thing. Okay. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. And then verse four, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. So number one, what does Paul thank God for? Where does he see grace? He thanks God for their faith. He thanks God for their faith. Hebrews twelve two. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So what does this tell us? Well, it tells us lots of things, but here's where we want to focus. God is the initiator of my faith and your faith. He began it, he will perfect it and he will finish it. A few weeks ago when we had our dialogue together as a church when Jeff led us through 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 8 we talked about how God preserves our inheritance. So here it is church any growth spiritually in my life or in your life the credit goes to the Lord the credit goes to the Lord understanding lest for the grace of God I would be a blasphemer and lost still to this day it's grace it's always grace and what a miracle when you think about I had someone call me I had someone text me recently who was reading the scriptures And he talked about how the words were jumping off the page at him. Well, you know what was happening? His eyes were being opened by the Spirit of God. And the truth was becoming alive to him. It's miraculous that he sees it and he hears it. And it's the work of the Spirit. Paul shared these truths with Epaphras. He poured into him said, here's who you are in the Lord now that you've trusted him. Here's your identity and here's how you're supposed to walk. And then Epaphras said, I'm going to go back to where I live and I'm going to share that with my neighbors. I'm going to share that with the people around me. And you know what was born? The Colossian church was born. So let's take a moment under the mercy of God and just think here. Examine our faith, as Paul would say. Do we see God growing us? Do we see that change? Do we know that we are saved and we are being saved? And just a few things that I jotted down that I'll share with you, but I'd love to hear from you what you think too as far as what does it look like for your faith to grow personally? What does that progress look like when it comes to trusting the Lord Jesus? Number one, are we understanding and growing in the character of God and knowing His character? Are we understanding more about who He is? And here's a practical one. In our conversations, when we speak about who the Lord is with those around us at work, with those in our family, with our friends, with each other? Do we find that we say the same thing in a rote fashion? Or as the word of God is being hidden in our hearts, and as the truth is changing us, do we see our conversations evolving? Do we see us growing about talking about more and more what we learned about God and what he's teaching us? Because we can all speak Christianese, can't we? We can all say the same thing over and over again. But if the truth is changing us, if the spirit is working in us, then our conversations will change based on what God is teaching us. And it's not so much I have this memorized like I used to do for the test the night before. Right. I didn't learn one thing, but I can regurgitate the information. You ask me an hour later, I have no idea what any of it means or any of it said, but I got it done. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the truth changing us where it's not wrote. But it's like Jesus is alive to me and I'm going to share him with you. I'm going to speak about who he is. In my life here's one are we acknowledging him in everyday life are we acknowledging him when we're doing those things each and every day are we crediting him with what happens in our life it's relationship with him relationship with him relationship with him and here's one where I was convicted when something's wrong my kids need me to help them. Am I stopping and praying with them or am I trying to fix the problem? Guess which one I do? I try to fix the problem. Cause that's what dads do, right girls? They fix the problem. But no, I need to pray with them. I need to say, no, we are dependent upon the Lord. So I need to grow in that. That's convicting. But how is our faith growing? Number two, what does he thank them for? And of the love that you have for all the saints. Paul thanked God for their love, for their love. They will know we are Christians by our what? By our love. Their love for one another brought Paul to a place of worship. The scripture reminds us that loving God means loving His people. That's what it means. Authentic relationship, genuine relationship, walking with the Lord means doing life with his people, doing life with his people, coming together and spurring one another on in the faith. So here's the question. How am I doing that? How am I doing that with other brothers and sisters? You know, there's an there's an opportunity within our church. If you're thinking about this, I ask you to pray about it for just an opportunity for discipleship. There's different groups we can be a part of, and it's messy, it's hard, but that's okay. But just how am I doing life with God's people? A unity occurs with each other when we are walking closely with Him. Unity with each other occurs when we are walking closely with Him. Kids, we read this in 1 John 1, 3 today. Remember? That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Christ Jesus. So fellowship with the Lord, fellowship with you. Fellowship with the Lord, fellowship with you. That's how it works, right? And it's not how the world defines love. It's not, I love you because you do or say what I want you to do. But instead, it's a love that comes from the work of the spirit in us. Spirit work. It's a fruit of the spirit. So what about us? When we take that moment for self-examination, do we see a man? Do we see a woman that loves God and loves his church? So I jotted a few things down. What can you think of as far as what that looks like? Paul says that the Spirit gives us a love for all the saints. Did you catch that word? All the saints. Not just the ones that I like to hang out with, right? All the saints. Not just ones that I share the same interests with. All the saints not just those i click with not just those my age not some but all he threw in the word all that means all okay so what about this do we make an effort as far as it depends on us to reconcile with other believers with brothers and sisters do we make an effort to reconcile do we reach out the branch right There are times when someone in the family won't sit down with us. That's true. We can only do what God calls us to do. We can only take that step unto the Lord. But regardless, do we have a heart to restore the relationship to the glory of God instead of sneaking out the back door? Anyone ever snuck out the back door before? Anybody just said, nope, I'm voting with my feet and I'm out. I'm not dealing with this. It's just easier to pretend you don't exist. Right? That's true, isn't it? That's true. Okay? How about this? One more. Do I genuinely desire to see my brother or sister flourish in the Lord? Am I excited when God blesses them? Do I rejoice in that? Do I thank God for that? Do I show empathy to them? Do I come alongside them when they're in a tough season? When they're facing loss? When they're scared? When they're anxious? When the world is falling apart? When God is taking them through the fire? Am I willing to go with them? Is my relationship with them enough where I know these things? These are just some of the ways that we can see the grace of God and His love Pouring out to his people through you and me. What's the last thing he thanked them for? He thanks God for their hope. That was a lot of fun a couple weeks ago when we just at together as a church spoke about the hope that we have in Christ. Just putting our hard hats on and speaking about what that hope means in everyday life. We encouraged each other in that. We shared in that. That was good. So we get to revisit what we went over in 1 Peter 1, 1.3. Blessed to be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Man, that First that, that Peter chapter 1 is just jam-packed with pearls. So is the Bible. Okay, here we go. Two weeks ago, When we shared that sweet time, many of you spoke very clearly about what that hope meant to you. And I'll tell you, that encouraged me. And I've thought a lot about what you said. And some of you thought about it from a different perspective that I didn't think about. And I appreciate that. And that's what we need to continue to do when it comes to living out this word. When it comes to applying this word. You know what I love that Paul calls the gospel... We read a scripture about this this morning during our time in song. He calls it, my gospel. He calls it, my gospel. Do you believe the gospel is your gospel? Is it personal to you what Jesus has done? I was telling little Noah a few weeks ago at church, he did such a good job of saying Jesus died for our sins. And I said, that's right. But I said, the Lord wants to get you to a place where you say, Jesus died for my sins. Jesus died for my sins. Do you understand that when Christ died, that you died with him? Do you know that? That I've been crucified with Christ. What does that redemption mean for us? What did Jesus do for you personally? Have you grabbed hold of him? When Christ died, I died with him. Amazing, right? And then what about his resurrection? What's that mean? When Christ was raised from the dead, you and I were raised to new life the spirit the spirit that lives in you is that life it's that deposit guaranteeing what is to come right so as we think about that is it my gospel is it you and jesus is it my gospel and then we come together and we share what my gospel means in the church Because that's what God wants. And what does Peter say? He goes on to say, it makes us partakers of divine nature. Jesus prayed that you and I would be one. That we'd be one with Him. That we'd be one with the Father. That we'd be one with each other. That's His plan. That unity. And we're a long way from that. But we strive. And we press on. Hope is fueled By grabbing a hold of the gospel I see the hope of Jesus in you holding fast to these truths reminding each other about these truths the promises are true today and they are true forever Jesus said heaven and earth may pass away but what my word will never pass away amen was he right Because everybody that around Paul on that dare said, this thing's going to die, this whole Christianity thing. I mean, let's just let them do their thing. It's going to die. No one's going to know about this. Wrong. The Lord has moved in generation after generation because this word is alive. And this is the work of the Spirit. That's what it is. Hope is fueled by us grabbing of hold of that Truth reminds us that every promise is true in Christ Jesus. He is with me now and he will be with me forever. And he does not change. And I rest not in how I act, how I live, how I feel, because my feelings are all over the place. But I rest in the unchanging character of my Lord. In 1 Corinthians, Paul writes this, and this already says, These three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And here, Paul stressed, guys, it's our hope that drives our faith and love. It's our hope in my gospel that drives the faith in Christ and the love of Christ. I love because he first loved me. We cannot emphasize enough, this is not my doing. This is not your doing. This is a benefit of grace. This is grace upon grace upon grace. So he finishes out six by stating that we as God's people rest in our hope in Him, When we display faith in him, when we love him and his people, the world around us, Paul says, sees it. The world sees that grace in us. Those around us see that grace. And sometimes that's true in our life and sometimes that's not. But look what he says. It's bearing fruit which has come to you and is indeed in the whole world. It is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth. And I've got to get better at the evangelism part. I've got to get better at living this out. I've got to get better at growing in this. I understand that about me. This convicts me because I need to talk about who Jesus is more and more to those around me. And that's what he's saying here. You see the faith. You see the love. It's driven by the hope. And I see that in you. So before we get to rebuke, before we get to this amazing prayer next week, and I encourage you to read it. I encourage you to read the next part there. It's such a powerful prayer. If you don't know what to pray for each other, pray Colossians 1, 9 through 14 for each other. What a prayer. What a prayer. But it's faith. It's love. And it's hope. And Paul says, I see the grace of God in you. And I see the grace of God in you. I see your faith in the Lord. I see you loving each other and serving each other. And I see that you're holding on to that hope. We have to understand we all have to grow in that. And we grow in that by getting to know our Lord more and more. It's relationship, it's relationship, it's relationship. And then us coming together in that relationship, sharing that unity in the bond of peace. It's just a privilege. It's a privilege to do that with you. Look at verse 7 and 8. We're almost done. Gosh, I can't read my Bible my eyes. Okay. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. So Epaphras went back to Colossae. He poured into these people, shared testimony, and the church was born. He says, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the spirit. So I, Paul, an apostle, tell you that this brother is pouring into you and that he will continue to pour into him and to trust and believe what the Lord is doing in him. That's the message. Trust and believe what God is doing in and through him. And he says, right now, I want to let you know that I'm thanking God for that, for your faith, for your love and your hope, the fruit of the spirit and at work is you and I as believers. I didn't tell you this. This is a curveball. So don't worry about the microphone. Okay, but this is a curveball. Sometimes we get curveballs. Um, right, Noah? All right. So, <laughs> okay. So along those lines, is there anything you want to share about looking at what faith looks like in our life? Or love? Or hope? Does anybody want to share that? Is just anything that the Lord put on your heart? If not, that's okay. I just want to give you the opportunity. I have candy. i just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Get us started, Alicia. Uh, Hebrews 11. I gave the, last week, we're turning there. Last week, we had a class with the kids, and I mean crickets. No one said a word. I came around and said, Mel, should I even keep doing this, right? And then this week, guess what I bring? Candy. And they're like, oh, just spouting out rapid fire who the Lord is. Yeah, we saw kids. We saw. Okay. What do we got there, Alicia? Okay. Hmm. yeah yeah are we holding on to that anchor that truth understanding that regardless of what circumstances are in our lives thank you Alicia anybody else five seconds that's okay let's pray Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that with this letter, with your word, this word that's alive, that you would change us. Thank you for this truth. Thank you for being able to gather in your name. And we pray that you help us take the truth that we need, each one individually, and to walk in that this week, God. Help us to look at the faith that we have in you from the grace that you've given us, the love, Lord, love we have for each other, the love we have for that. We acknowledge and confess to you that we need to grow in that. We know that. That's your work. God, help us to take steps of faith to do that. I pray that we were encouraged today. Pray, God, that we were spurred on today in our faith. And I pray, God, that this not be snatched away, but that you use it for your glory to grow us our conversations today and our conversations this week. And I pray, God, that you continue to work in us, that we're in your word, hiding your word in our hearts. Thank you, God. Who we are in you is because of you, and it's your grace. And we acknowledge that. We praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Foundation Life Bible Church, located in Greenwood, Indiana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Foundation Life Bible Church, please visit us online at www.foundationlbc.com.